You're listening to What It's Like with Luz, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by co-founder of Anderson, a platform using bespoke audio artificial intelligence to directly link unsigned musicians with music industry professionals. Picking up the violin at just three years old, this week's guest is no stranger to the world of music and has pretty much centered his life around it. From meeting his business partner in a singing group whilst at university to co-directing a music management company, this entrepreneur certainly seems to know how to hit the right note when it comes to turning a passion into a viable business. Chatting to me from his home in Dublin, here's what it's like to be Neil Dunn. Before we get stuck into the episode, I just wanted to say that if there is a drop in sound quality throughout, I'm very sorry, but in respect of social distancing during COVID-19, I've had to record episodes remotely. In this challenging time, we're all trying our best, so I really hope everyone is staying safe and that you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Neil. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. Um, I think it will be interesting to start by kind of speaking a little bit about your experience and background with music. Were you always really musical growing up or is it something you fell into later in life? Yeah, so I started playing violin at age three. My older sister played it and my mum is a musician and I played growing up and then my younger sister even joined in as well. So it's really been sort of the lifeblood of our family. Um, And then throughout school, music was always my priority. and then into college is really where it started to take the four. So I, I studied engineering in, in Trinity, um, but was found that I was spending a lot more time focusing, working with uh, musical groups um, than I was necessarily committing to my hours within engineering. And the two of them ended up sort of being counterproductive to one another. Um, but yeah, music has always been sort of the lifeblood of, of me, really. Uh, the reason I get up every morning and what motivates me to to go the extra mile. And that's interesting that you chose to do engineering in university, considering, you know, your background now would kind of be, I suppose, business mixed with music. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I think, I think when you're faced with the decision that every 18-year-old is forced to make, um, sometimes you don't make the right one. Um, although I really value the education I received from engineering, like I have a very mathematical, logical mind, um, and studying engineering has really helped carve what we do at Anderson. Um, it allows me to take a real um, dynamic approach with the development and the algorithmic team because I really understand that at a, uh, at a structural level. Um, and it definitely has helped me through problem solving. Um, engineering is amazing for that. But yeah, it's, it is it is funny and it's usually one of the eyebrows that gets raised when people say, oh, you work in music, but you study engineering. It's, it's interesting though. And, and I guess there's never any harm to having, you know, a few notches on your belt with, with different things. So then you were in Trinity studying and um, what was your first experience with entrepreneurship? That's a great question. Um, so I, I, I really fell into music management um, by necessity. I was with a, I was with a singing group there, the Trinidons, and as part of that, you can, um, it's student run, uh, which is an amazing 
opportunity. And through that, I really decided to push the boundaries of what common acapella groups do. And usually they just perform at society events, but um, I pushed us to perform at music festivals and bring us, we, we ended up touring internationally around Europe, intercontinental in Australia. And now the group has just gone on from strength to strength touring across America. And it was really through that that sort of gave me the taste and the hunger for band management. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fortunate to meet uh, my now business partner, Zach, through the group. And um, we decided to, he, had, he has a strong history in band management in the States. And he was over in Trinity doing an MBA. Um, and the two of us sort of fell in love with each other's mindset about um, music management and how to go about it. And we decided to open up um, the first international office of his band management agency, Think Tank, together. And it was really, it was really through, through that process that the, the entrepreneurial hunger began, I guess. And with um, Think Tank, so you, did you launch that internationally first? Like, how did you kind of manage you being based in Ireland? And I think um, your other office is based in New York. Is that right? Yeah. So Zach, Zach set it up, uh, I think, seven years ago now, before I knew him. Um, and he grew that out to about a four-person office at the time, I believe. Um, and then he really just got sort of sick of being in New York and fell in, New York, fell in love with the Irish music scene. So he decided to put things in New York on pause for a while, while he moved to Dublin. And we decided to open up Dublin together. Um, now New York is sort of it's continuing a small bit, but we're fully focused on uh, Think Tank Ireland at the moment, but definitely have an ambition to sort of go back over to New York and give it its full strength again. And so uh, I guess Anderson is probably your main main project that you're working on. Um, can you tell me a bit about how that idea came about? Sure. Yeah, it was actually through our own experiences. So um, when, as you can imagine, when setting up a business, you're, you're finding your feet in the business world, but also um, for us building our management roster, uh, as Zach was from New York, um, the two of us really found that it was relying heavily on my network to find the acts that we wanted to work with. And then we were trawling through social media, looking at blogs. We found a few passive databases, which listed artists chronologically, which is just an absolute nightmare to search through. And it was really, it was really through that process, Zach just turned to me. It was like midnight or something. And we were in Trinity Library and he's like, man, why can't we just automate this? And that's really how the idea began. And through that, we, we began carving it out. Uh, we worked with business mentor, um, but then also it was really important for us to build it so it would be useful for us, but also for our industry colleagues that we were going to be relying on heavily anyway. So we sat down with a few key partners in the UK, the US, and in Dublin, showed them our initial prototype with them we decided to carve the narrative around how the app would work while our focus was always on audio analysis because the biggest issue right now that faces musicians i i feel is obviously you want it's it's a fight against the data and to get discovered you're fighting against the other 39,999 songs that get uploaded and 
if you're unsigned and you don't have that financial support or you don't have the the big label behind you pushing you, it's really, really difficult. Um, a, a lot of discovery nowadays happens digitally. It happens through social trawling, trending artists, playlisting. But it, it, that's not really necessarily answering the problem of music discovery. If you look back to some of the most successful artists across time, the Justin Bieber in his bedroom, the Ed Sheeran busking, these artists weren't trending on social media. That's not why they were signed. They were signed because the songs they were writing was good. And, and that's what we're really at Anderson trying to do. We're trying to use our audio analysis to reconnect with the power of human discovery rather than just presenting these trending artists. Because the industry experts that we know, the heads of A&R labels, down to the junior bookers and agencies, they are the ears of the industry. We're not trying to re replace them at all, but we're trying to give them a tool that allows them to do their job better. So when we were building it, it was really about building something useful for the industry, by the industry. I think it's it's a really, really interesting concept, and I'm sure you guys must have known kind of what you were onto at the time. Um, but I, just taking it, you know, really back to to the bare bones of it, I think so many people maybe come up with ideas, especially for technology and apps, I think, because there's this conception that, you know, if you can come up with an app, you'll be a millionaire tomorrow kind of thing. Not, not many people actually manage to get to the kind of production stage. So once you guys had your idea, how do you bring the prototype to something that you can then show people? Yeah, that was, that was one of the hardest steps. Um, again, I had a sort of basic understanding of coding and so did Zach. Um, and luckily my, my dad also works uh, in, in software development. Um, so he was very useful at the beginning where we were trying to sort of craft out the, all the sort of the back end development pieces. Um, it is really tough uh, when initially we didn't have that um, core tech individual uh, in the founding team. Um, it presented hurdles initially. We're fortunate to be where we are now. But probably the largest one was financial because we knew we needed that assistance. We had the expertise. We had the solution. Um, we were really fortunate, actually. We, we tapped into a few networks that were very supportive. Um, the Trinity, we didn't, we didn't go through Dropbox but um, the drop, or, or Launchbox in Trinity, but that team was really helpful in sort of putting us in contact with key people. We also um, used the Audio Engineering Society of Ireland. The, they were really supportive uh, on sort of looking over everything we were doing and qualifying it. Um, and then I, I, myself and Zach couldn't thank uh, Continuous Ventures uh, any more than they have when we were part of their accelerator program. Um, and they constantly challenged us on every element of the business from the tech forward. But definitely in terms of the technology, I'd say the hardest process was for us was really qualifying that and, and getting it built because we understood the logic and we understood uh, we could, like myself and Zach, fortunately, or especially Zach, pretty skilled with graphic design. So in terms of the screens, we could build it ourselves. Marvel and stuff is amazing for people who aren't technical and allows you to sort of do it yourself and to get it 
beyond idea stage. Um, but then we 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 had we knew we had to get investment. Um, we're fortunate that we now have really supportive investors and a board behind us that are pushing us in the right direction. How was the kind of seeking funding and investment stage for you guys? Because I know, um, having spoke to other people, that's kind of something that was really challenging for some companies getting off their feet. Absolutely, it's definitely the hardest. It's the hardest step um, because when, like, I think entrepreneurialism is like an infection, um, and you will have arguments with loved ones over what you're doing, um, but it's an internal like fire. You don't you don't do it because you want to. You do it because you have to, and you know you have to be certain about what you're doing that it's going to work because there are going to be people who doubt you. There are going to be investors who close the door, and that's definitely like I look back, uh, what a year and a half ago now. Uh, and that period was probably one of the hardest I've ever come through uh, in my life where it, it it stops some other people doubting you and you can you start to believe that doubt. But I'm honestly really fortunate that I have a business partner like Zach who's incredibly supportive. And so far, we've been fortunate that whenever he's going through a time where he's he's nervous, I'm sort of on the other end of the scale and we sort of balance each other out. Um, but yeah, it's incredibly tough uh, in music, especially. It's changed drastically uh, since we began funding to now. Like when we began fun- searching for funding, music tech was really, really small, um, especially in Ireland. Most of the investors got turned off by the term music. They're like, oh, we can't invest in music. Whereas now, looking at the landscape of music tech, it's literally exploded, I'd say, within the last. It, it was big before, but it's even bigger now. I'm just wondering why you think that that explosion of music technology happened. It's it's very simple. Um, Spotify came came along 11 years ago, and created one of the largest data explosions in the music industry history. The issue being, Spotify's sole selling point is to get a user onto the platform and listening to a song within what less than five seconds, and they do that incredibly well. And that's their USP. They want you on platform listening all the time. Unfortunately, the music industry isn't that simple. There's so many moving parts. There's so many different components of the industry that are need to be harmonious. So on a simplistic term, um, the thing I find most confusing is why an audio file is being searched for by text. Um, currently, the way music is searched for is through keywords that are inputted by a human based off a subjective listen. And that's obviously where where we're trying to step in and and answer. But if you look at it on the the grand scheme of things, tech, where tech really works well is data control. And the music industry is, is now really getting its grasp on it. But if you look at what Spotify did and how it turned heads and people didn't, you would have been laughed out of your office if back in 2010 you said iTunes is going to be gone. People are going to listen to music for free and CDs are going to be no more. And yet now you've Spotify is king. iTunes has been taken off market. CDs are starting to make somewhat of a comeback again. But it's like that, that whole process was the largest disruption we've seen in a long time. And 
it's now really inspired people from all elements of business, not only music, to try and provide solutions to get a reins back on that tech and control over the industry. And have you kind of trialed it, I guess, from the musician side? Have musicians expressed their their interest in, in joining the platform? Yeah, so the, the launches we did were at Arlem Music Week and at Mondo in New York. So Arlem Music Week is... Ireland's equivalent of uh, South by Southwest. Um, it puts, uh, it, it's a conference, it spans, it used to be called Hard Working Class Heroes and last year they rebranded as Ireland Music Week. Um, it was five days long, we were one of the sponsors of that. And what we did, um, because we're obviously, we're a company born in Ireland, but we are a global platform. Um, what we decided to do as part of that sponsorship was to showcase only the musicians on Anderson um, from Ireland Music Week. And then we decided to do the exact same thing again in Mondo in New York. That was really vital. So that allowed us to get both musicians and music industry professionals on the platform and get really, really valuable feedback. We believed our product was perfect, which is hilarious looking back at the difference between the product then and now. Um, but you never really fully know until you get an email from someone in the middle of Nebraska who's downloaded your app and sends you a scathing email about what's wrong. Oh. <laughs> and then you really listen and then you're like, okay, we gotta, we got to reevaluate all the process. Because we, we had been demoing it in person with people um, and that, that sort of independent, random perspective we hadn't really been listening to. So. It's really all credit to Cara, our director of marketing, really came in and shook things up. So she really initiated and pushed us, pushed us to make a lot of these changes. We're actually obviously in one of the weirdest times to launch a new product. It's shifted us in a really positive direction. So we have made the decision to go live as normal uh, next week. And we have vouched that we're not going to charge artists any money for the use of Anderson for the rest of 2020, which we hope will still be able to provide the value of Anderson to artists without putting them at any more of a disadvantage that they're already at. We've about 500 artists already on the platform. They have been amazing beta testers. They've given us crucial feedback. Um, and But I think what we're most excited for is to get the next email from Nebraska. <laughs> get the next email from a random hopefully in a, in a new continent, interacting with the platform and, and hopefully getting a really positive experience. And what's the future for Anderson, do you think? I think when we talk about what Anderson's core is, is a audio search that hasn't really been done before the way we're doing it. We're not trying to replace any of the streaming platforms. In fact, we're the sort of products that would fit seamless, seamlessly into one of them. What we are vouching for and what we're growing towards is being the music industry's one-stop shop for A&R and new music discovery. We are fully focused on our launch next week. We're fully focused on a few really exciting initiatives we're going to launch the week after. One of the initiatives, obviously, is that we've decided to make the decision to make Anderson free for artists for 2020. The second one will be a large-scale songwriting competition with a very large cash prize. Oh, that's really um, cool. Which we're launching in conjunction with a few international partners. And we're also extremely, like, I think the most 
positive thing that's happened over the last number of months is the music industry who have reached out to us independently. We have one of the largest labels in the world um, who are getting on the platform tomorrow for launch. Wow. We have loads of Irish music industry professionals, one of the largest booking agents in the world, one of the largest PR agencies. And, and really, that to me is the most exciting part. It's, it, we're finally launching this to the greater public with no, with no industry conference as the focus. Um, and we have these household names um, as part of the platform already. I think when you say, what's the future? I, I, the future is that, that growing. And, and, and yeah, Anderson being the tool for new A&R music discovery well it sounds like you're in for a really exciting few weeks um and it must be so nice to kind of see all of your hard work come together but um the other thing i would be wondering is kind of just for you individually starting your your own business and and building something so new and so so niche and, and so potentially kind of changing a complete industry but you did that kind of straight out of college right so you're pretty you're very young how did that affect you personally like becoming a founder and all of these kind of things did you find it challenging at all or was it all just a really exciting time can i say both yeah (laughs) when i look back at what college was to me it was the connections i made it was the extracurricular skills i learned it was obviously what i learned formally as well but when I look at the education I've received from creating Anderson, setting up Think Tank with Zach, I think I learned more in a week than I did in six months. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the scariest thing I've ever done, but I, I genuinely don't think I could have done it without Zach. I think the biggest thing I've learned and the most positive thing I've learned is the leadership qualities, which has taken me the longest um, because I would always be the doer. I would go out and get it done just for the sake of getting it done and us balancing that and and me learning how to steer a company like we we now have eight staff including myself and Zach I think steering that company and 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 not acting as a driving force but leading from within I think learning how to inspire and lead and challenge people on my team constructively has been the most valuable lesson I've learned but yeah, it's definitely if I could if I could not relive a time, it would have been part part of the learning curve is incredibly scary and frightening. Yeah, I'd say I can I can only imagine because I think we're pretty much the same age. So, you know, when I think of me leaving college two years ago to to probably where you were when you were leaving college, it's worlds apart. So congratulations. <laughs> but um um I guess we've spoke about about what success would look like in terms of your business and what you want to see that do but I'd be curious to know what that word means for you personally that's another great, these are great questions Liz. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> um I've, I've never been like look I, I'm incredibly driven as a person I want when I do something and when I'm committed it's always 110 percent which again can be a positive and a negative um but Again, over, over the past 12 months, I'd say I've become a lot more aware. And I think success is not, it's not monetary. It's not um, numerical at all. 
it's probably the most internal thing you can achieve. Success is coming home after a day of work with a smile on your face or getting, seeing, success to me is seeing Nikhil, one of our machine learning experts, grin from ear to ear about one line of code. Sure, we we want to get a million app downloads. Sure, we want to have the biggest record labels on, on the platform. And that is success too. But to me, success is celebrating the small victories, and really, if if what you're doing has value and affects other people in a positive way, I think you're an incredibly successful person. What would be the biggest piece of advice you would give yourself at 10 years old moving forward into life? Do exactly what you think you need to do in the exact same way and just do it with a bigger smile and say thank you more often. Thank you so much for listening and as always rate share and leave a comment if you like what you hear and don't forget to follow what it's like pod on instagram and facebook for more information on anderson's upcoming launch visit the link in the show notes or follow the brand on their social channels at anderson music i'll be back next week sharing more inspiring stories but for now this has been what it's like with loose